Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of A Pushing History. Today, we will be talking about John Brown and how he was responsible for the Civil War. We will also be talking about his legacy on the United States of America. In 1859, John Brown attacked Harper's Ferry with 21 men, including his three sons. This action is what many historians believe was the beginning of the Civil War. The event that led John Brown to this point in his life was that in 1854, when Kansas and Nebraska were new territories, and when the Kansas-Nebraska Act was just recently passed, the principle of popular sovereignty was established over these lands, meaning that the residents in those areas determined whether that area would be a free state or a slave state. Because of this, rival governments were established, and violence soon broke through between the pro-slavery and anti-slavery groups. John Brown emerged in response to this, and in the course of a few days, went around causing murders of several pro-slavery settlers. This event eventually carried John Brown to the raid on Harper's Ferry, where John Brown creates his unprecedented reputation as a radical abolitionist. John Brown's actions were a main contribution to the start of the Civil War. His raid on Harper's Ferry divided the North and South even more. Before his raid, people thought that the North and the South could resolve their problems, but after Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry, that ultimately ended. John Brown and 21 men raided a Union armory at Harper's Ferry. The raid lasted two days, and 10 of Brown's men were killed. A group of U.S. Marines had to end Brown's raid. John Brown wanted to use the arms he got from Harper's Ferry and start a slave rebellion. He thought that slaves would run away and join him. He thought that an armed slave rebellion would truly end slavery in the United States of America. John Brown needed money to fund his wild escapades. John Brown was able to do what he did because of the Secret Six. These were six men that were able to financially support Brown. The Secret Six included Thomas Wentworth Higgins, Samuel Gridley Howe, Theodore Parker, Franklin Benjamin Sanborn, Garrett Smith, and George Luther Stearns. George Luther Stearns was one of Brown's biggest supporters. He once declared, I consider it the proudest act of my life that I gave good old John Brown every pike and rifle he carried to Harper's Ferry. During the Civil War, Stern was head of the recruitment of black soldiers for the Union Army. Many people who were in the abolition movement felt different ways about John Brown. In Massachusetts, after receiving word that the Emancipation Proclamation was finally put into place, that evening at the Tremont Palace, Frederick Douglass led everyone in singing, Blow ye the trumpet, blow. This song was John Brown's favorite, and it was sung at his funeral. People still highly respect Brown and his actions. They thought that he was right in what he did. 
Abolitionists were also glad that Brown was taking real action unlike Lincoln. Most radical abolitionists thought that Lincoln was too modest and that Lincoln didn't believe in the cause as much as Brown did. David Reynolds says, Lincoln's proclamation freeing millions of enslaved blacks sped the process that led eventually to the Civil War. John Brown's personal war against slavery had set this process in motion. In a way, John Brown's religious views made him an abolitionist. John Brown was brought up by the Calvinist religion. His parents also preached their abolitionist views to Brown. According to Graydon Royce, as Brown grew into a full adult, his Old Testament inspired a sense of Christian justice decreed that he declare war on slavery. This meant that John Brown thought it was his Christian duty to free the enslaved blacks. Also, at the start of the abolition ways, Brown didn't think of himself as a martyr, even though he was willing to die during Bleeding Kansas. He still didn't consider himself a martyr. Eventually, by 1859, Brown considered himself a martyr and accepted his death at his trial after an unsuccessful raid on Harper's Ferry. During the trial of John Brown, when asked to address the court, Instead of pleading for his life, he simply stated, If it is deemed necessary that I should forfeit my life for the furtherance of the ends of justice and mingle my blood further with the blood of my children and with the blood of millions in this slave country whose rights are disregarded by wicked, cruel, and unjust enactments, I submit, so let it be done. John Brown's actions were received differently in the North and South. After John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry, John Brown was not well liked in the North at first. But the Transcendentalists praised John Brown and even compared him to Christ. The, the Transcendentalists and Abolitionists saved his reputation by placing him on the level of Christ. The image of Brown as Christ-like spread through the North. Books, melodramas, poems, and the Union song, John Brown's body, helped spread it. The South, however, had a different viewpoint of Brown. The South had a paranoia that John Brown was a malicious aggressor that represented the entire North. Paul Finkelman said, For Southerners, he was the embodiment of all their fears. A white man willing to die to end slavery, and the most potent symbol yet of aggressive northern anti-slavery sentiment. There is a famous painting and representation of John Brown that was illustrated by John Curry. In the painting, you can see John Brown in the middle of chaos. On his left, he has blazing fires, and on his right, he has a ravaging tornado. In the painting, you can see settlers moving west, which is a suggestion to settlers moving to Kansas and Nebraska for the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Directly behind John Brown are Confederates and the Union soldiers, about to fire their muskets at each other. This symbolizes the fact that John Brown was a catalyst for the Civil War. 
John Brown stands front and center of the picture as he is stepping on two dead men, which also symbolizes the blood to be shed in the Civil War. In his left hand, John Brown holds a Bible, which can symbolize how he believed that, do that his doings were an act of God. He also carries a musket in his right hand to symbolize his violence and radical views in carrying out his actions. John Curry's interpretation of Brown in the moral depicts John Brown as a religious man who was willing to die for his beliefs. Curry depicted Brown larger than life in an open, stark landscape, besieged by a tornado, a meteorological symbol for the conflict and with a slave at his side. The abolitionist's crazed expression and animated hair and beard suggest the messianic fervor that fueled his opposition to human bondage. The meaning of the song John Brown's Body is significant, and it affects the, his legacy on the United States. The song John Brown's Body has many meaningful lines, such as, But his soul goes marching on. They hung him from, for a traitor. They themselves, the traitor crew. The line, but his soul goes marching on, means that even though he is dead, his spirit and ideals still live on, and people will work hard pass, hard pass on the ideas that John Brown so passionately fought for. The line, they hung him for a traitor, they themselves the traitor crew, was a jibe at Virginians who hung him because they eventually seceded from the Union 18 months later, which ultimately made the Civil War a giant conflict. The song John Brown's Body affected John Brown's legacy on the United States because this song was used as a, a war song by the Union troops during the Civil War. Also, John Brown's Body also goes along with the tune of the Battle Hymn of the Republic because it was used originally as a different set of harsher and more aggressive lyrics for the Battle Hymn of the Republic. John Brown's Body was a highly regarded song during the Civil War. Union troops sang the song as they marched to fight the Confederates and even when they were in Confederate prisons. John Brown's ultimate legacy on the United States was due to his actions that were never forgotten. John Brown was a man who fought for what he believed in. Yes, he didn't go about it smartly, but he believed that he was doing the right thing. As a white man advocating and actively participating in the fight for the emancipation of slaves was unheard of. What he was doing extremely was radical and unaccepted at the, that time by society, and was considered insane for thinking that a black man was equal to a white man. Although he was a controversial character, he believed that every man should be able to live out his right of freedom and saw it necessary to forfeit his life for justice, that the ones who disregard your God-given rights should receive the instruments that carry out God's vengeance. His bold actions were able to kickstart the movement towards the Civil War and ultimately bring an end to slavery.
In modern day, many historians describe John Brown as a complicated situation, since John Brown used his revolt for a good reason, in order to end slavery. Although the movement can be diminished since John Brown used violence to carry out his movements, many historians find it interest, interesting to how he was able to become a pre-Civil War anti-slavery hero. Once again, thank you for listening to episode 10 of A Pushing History.